Jesus, in your name, we can change the world. We thank you that you so loved the world that you gave, that you blessed, that you've blessed us to be a blessing. Father, help us to hear your word to each of our hearts today. That it might shape us and so shape us that it would continue to shape the world around us. We ask for your power, for your insight, for your spirit to speak to ours this morning. We ask for you to open our eyes that we might see the opened doors that you have for each of us and for us as a church body. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Your opened doors. The series is Kingdom Come, Inside and Out. Last week was the first session of the series, and I explained that it was going to be a pendulum swing from week to week. The first message was about kingdom come in, inside of me, and we talked about Jesus as the door, as the good shepherd, and how he stands at the door and knocks, waiting for us to show him hospitality that he might come in and our lives might become flavored by that fellowship with him. Kingdom come inside, but it's also about kingdom come out. Come out through us. Jesus, our God, so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son. That's not what it says, is it? God so loved the world. In my heart, I firmly believe it's time for the church to go outside. That, that we don't know the fullness of, of God's plan for us until beyond the stained glass, we leave the colors of his life out there in the world. And that that's not just important for those that we touch out there. It's important for us to realize the adventures that he has for each and every one of us. Our life isn't fully blessed Until we become someone who can be a blessing. And God calls all of us to that great life. And he he said in Revelation 3, 7, and 8, and we looked at that in more uh, uh, detail not too long ago, that he sets before the church at Philadelphia, he says, I set before you an opened door. An opened door. But the question is this morning, will we recognize those open doors? Will we seize them? Or will we shrink back and miss them? I love John Ortberg and what what he says in his book, All the Places to Go. How will we know? He says this, some of us see the doors and seize them. And so life becomes a divine adventure. Some of us shrink back or fail to see. And a room with no door is a prison. To fail to embrace the open door is to miss the work God has made for us to do. If we want to experience more of the Spirit of God in our lives, we need to train ourselves 
to look for and respond to moments of divine opportunity. Well, I think that's what John is talking about when he says that in Revelation. I have put before you an opened door. The language is very clever, clever here, uh, careful here. It's not your open door. There's millions of open doors. There's hundreds of open doors, possibilities in every day. But what we want to have eyes to see is God's opened door, the doors that he has opened, those things that he has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We want to somehow step into God's plan and God's partnership in the things that we do in this life and the opportunities that we seize. This is not just any open door. This is God's opened door, the door he sets before us. You know, I feel like I'm on, let's make a deal. Will it be door number one, door number two, or door number, how do we know? See, how do we know? That's an important question. If we're not only going to enjoy and, and let God join us in our private spiritual inner life, but we're going to join him in the world and what he's doing as well. Kingdom come inside and out. I think we're people that are going to have to become more and more those with eyes to see his open doors. I think the longer, uh, at least I live, I'm, I'm coming to realize how true it is that much of what I am and largely much of where I am It's because of doors I've said yes or no to. The door of what to do with one's life. The door of who to marry. The door of one after another after another. Look at your life, how it is now. Looking behind. You may not have realized it then, but there was a door. A door of opportunity. And God's not only used that to shape your life, he's using that as the context through which to shape others. Now think forward 10 years. What and where will you be and will we be? It seems to me that the doors that we pass on or the doors that we pass through in these days will have much to do with that picture as well. Now, like I say, this is God's opened doors. This isn't uh, uh, just a great idea you had or um, your own ambition or uh, the manipulation of a friend um, or just mere coincidence. This is something with God's plan in it to be seized. This is God's uh, opened door. I used to have a picture in my office when I was uh, young in ministry. Uh, it, it was a sports picture. Most of you 
As much as I wear out those sports analogies, that's not a surprise to you. But, but I didn't play baseball. But, but there, there was this picture, and underneath it, it said, make it happen. See? And I wanted to be a make it happen pastor. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, wanted, to lay, I wanted to make it happen. I was all in. And, and the, the picture of this baseball player is this shortstop. He is completely, completely vertical. Par- I mean, parallel to the ground. And, and he's reaching out, and he, right on the end of his glove, he's got the ball. Just, wah, and underneath it, make it happen. Lots of times, I'm a, I'm a make it happen kind of guy. Uh, an idea comes to me, and if you're a make it happen kind of person, so, sometimes it's important to learn to discern that God's door ain't every door. Or, 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 or you can do a lot of things and kind of miss out on the partnership of God in it. In my make it happen mentality, I almost drove myself to uh, exhaustion immediately. Because you do so much in your own strength. But, but what if there's another way to go about our lives, for me to go about ministry, and that is not as a make it happen. God, I love that door. Will you bless it? <laughs> but, but what if it's a matter of discerning along the way which are his doors of his giving and what's maybe just a good idea? And what I'm coming to realize is There's something about the resonance of our heart when we've been in with God that opens our eyes as we turn out with God. There's something about having his heart, his heart for this world, his heart for people that opens our eyes to people and to needs in the world that previously we would have passed right by. I I think the inward coming of the king is tied to the outward coming of the kingdom. And God wants us to join him in his world. That's why I love the picture of the little guy with the world on his face. For God so loved the world. And Jesus saw the multitudes that they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were harassed. Cast down. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he send out laborers. And when you pray that prayer, I hope it's soon that you come to realize that that's a prayer not just for the world, but for yourself. Now, maybe people have open doors. You know, Paul got knocked off his horse by a bright light out of the sky. Some opened doors are just kind of duh, obvious. You know what I'm talking about? But, but, but most of the doors in my life have not been burning bushes. I know Moses had one of those. But I don't know anywhere of all, in all of Scripture where anybody else has ever had a burning bush. And, and sometimes it's just not quite that obvious. Because, I think, God doesn't want to force us into this relationship with him. He wants to collaborate with us.
He wants it to be a we thing. But you have doors. If Ephesians 2.10 uh, is true, and I, I believe it is, is it unfolds basically what salvation is about for all of us. God's electric power. Listen to this. And see if you don't hear the open door. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as the result of works that anyone should boast. So we're not saved by our works. That's not what makes us right with God. But once we are right with God and in relationship to him, this is what happens. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're saved from being saved by them. It's not by our efforts, but we are saved when Christ lives in us for having his effect in our world. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen to this. If this is not the open door, I don't know what it is. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I'm so glad it says walk in them. Not running them. Not work yourself to a nub in them. Walk in them. They're a stroll with a friend. The friend you met in your quiet time. The friend you discern in Jesus as he shows you the heart of your father that he is your good shepherd. So what shall be our door response? We can be those that walk through those doors, or we can be those that refuse those doors. What does it look like? How do you know? How do we tell opened doors from just an open door? I'd like to share with you Allie's story by video. And Allie's story is one that came to a door. And she had the kind of biblical spirit that most door takers have. She was willing to take a risk. She was willing to go on an adventure. And this is her story. Check this out. The day of uh, my wedding, I decided to sneak out of the house uh, that morning and go with my bridesmaids um, to go try out for the TV show American Gladiators. I didn't find out about any of this until uh, we were getting announced to go into our reception. And she said, you're not going to believe what I did this morning. What did you do? She goes, I tried out for American Gladiators. But who knew that um, we would actually get picked from that show? And And Allie pretty much dominated, um, was the uh, grand champion on the show. Uh, did an amazing job, won the money in the car. We knew that after her finale aired that we'd have just a few minutes uh, of of free promotion. This was a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity and that the Lord had really blessed us. We just felt like it was for a bigger purpose and a bigger cause. Collectively decided we were going to start a fitness camp for adults 
and uh, it would be for all fitness levels. It would be motivational, fun, uplifting. Well, the mission of Camp Gladiator is uh, that we want to positively impact as many lives as possible through physical fitness. You know, when you're going through a tough workout, it really does break you down, and you kind of have to stick together as a group. Through that, there's some great friendships that, uh, you know, makes people more open uh, to, to talking to each other and building relationships. And I think that's where we're really able to, to come in and impact people for the better. Well, Camp Gladiator is not necessarily a Christian company. Um, it's run by Christian owners and Christian leadership. So some pretty cool ways that we have been able to partner up and uh, be able to present more opportunities for um, our campers or our trainers to hear the word or to attend church with us or to share the gospel with them is through um, a couple of different things. We've started a Camp Gladiator Bible study group and that's completely voluntary. We actually had a group of campers that came up to us. So we've done that. We've also started a CG Serve team, which is basically just anyone in our entire program can sign up and volunteer to do different charity events with us throughout the year, whether that be, you know, serving the homeless or, you know, picking up trash in the park. We're able to, to form those relationships in that community even more so so that we can continue to invite them to church or talk with them about, about Christ. One thing that we were really blessed with was as we were um, opening up our new indoor facility, CG Arena, um, the budget was very, very tight, and we didn't know if we were going to financially be able to open um, our indoor facility. Uh, so we were praying about it a lot, and um, a, a church actually approached us through a connection that we had through our boot camp and said, hey, we're looking for a space to rent out Sunday mornings from 7 a.m. until 1 p.m. You know, we had already planned that we weren't going to be open Sundays until about 1 o'clock. And so they came in and said, you know, we'll help provide about 20% of the rent. And so that's what really pushed us over the edge to say, wow, you know, this was, this was a God thing. This was meant to be. You know, looking back over the last four years as we've grown Camp Gladiator, it's really exceeded all of our expectations on the scale of being able to impact more people than we ever thought possible. We've been able to grow. Right now we're in uh, 18 different cities, six states. Um, we have close to 10,000 adult campers. The verbal feedback that we've heard from our, our boot campers or our, our members is that, um, you know, we are making a difference. We are able to impact them for the better. When you hear those things, it makes all the hard work all worth it. Wow, so much that we can learn from Allie's gladiator camp story. So what do you think? Was it just an open door? Or was that idea that came to her the morning of her reception of all times a God-opened door? What do you think? How many of you think that it was a God-opened door? Right, I, I do too. It's always easy to tell if it's a God-opened door when it's behind you. The, the problem is God says, I put an opened door before you. Right? And, and sometimes that's, that's a little harder to discern. But, but looking back, though, I sense that in my spirit as well. Can, can, you, can you get a hold of what gives you that impression? Now looking back on her opened door. W would you still feel the same way about it if she had gone to Gladiator and won the prizes and the car and all that stuff? And that was the end of the story. 
Would, would that have been a God-opened door? Or just an open door? It's hard to tell. It's hard, but, but what convincingly makes me think that it was a God-opened door was it wasn't just a door she walked through, but it was a door she walked with God once she got through it. You're looking at me like, what the heck does he mean? Let me say it this way. What helps me discern that that was a God-opened door is not the beginning of the experience, but the outcome of the experience. In the end, it's obvious that this was something that blessed far more than Allie. What's convincing that this is a God-open door, at least in hindsight, I think to me is, that this falls into the formula of God's plan for all his people for all time. From Revelation to the open door all the way back to Genesis 12 when he calls Abram. He calls him for this purpose. I will bless you, what? That you might be a, a blessing. Rome, uh, Genesis chapter 12. You can go there. In fact, uh, blessing is mentioned so many times in this scripture in different forms. As I go through, as I read these three verses, I'm going to ask you this question. Who is the blesser and who is being blessed? Are you ready? Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house. There's always a from with an open door. There's something at risk. There's something that must be left behind. There's often a cost to open doors and there's almost always a risk To the land which I will show you. How's that for a destination? To the land which I will show you. How many of you have ever started out on a trip where that was the directions? Chances are the only time you ever trusted those directions was when someone was in the car with you. Right? No, no. When, when, when God put this open door before Abram, and, and almost all the Bible story hinges on Abram walking through this door. There's a reason he's called the father of our faith. Because he had the faith to go through it, not pass on it. Right? And because of this, a whole watershed of God's movement in the world, all the way through the scriptures, again and again, seems to be based on these walking through the door kind of people. (laughs) And it's interesting to me that God did not give him the full plan. God did not give him details he could analyze. God didn't tell him anything about his provision. He didn't even tell him where the land was, for God's sakes. How do you tell which road to head out of town on? You ever get frustrated with God? There's just not enough information here. But God does that for a purpose. Because God's not just interested in the destination, in the work that gets done. 
God wants you to be his friend. And the relationship to God is as much, if not more, of a treasure to him than the results. But he knows if you are pursuing the land that he will show you, if you are pursuing not just being blessed, but also being a blessing, you will so depend upon him that your relationship will grow, even as the fruits of that relationship grow. You follow me? Open doors are sometimes perplexing. It's the morning of your wedding rehearsal. And God puts an open door. Friends say, auditions for Gladiator this morning. What kind of woman says, cool, let's go. I love Allie. I wish I was a little more like her. Sometimes there's an open door before us and, and we run right through it. Sometimes we're, we're not a door taker. We can become a door forsaker, right? And there's all kinds of examples of that in the scripture too. He, he was a rich, young ruler. And he came to Jesus because for all that he was blessed with, Rich, young, ruler, power, provision, youthful energy. You know, for, for all that he possessed, he was singing Bono's song. Or Bono, however you want. But I still haven't found what I'm looking for. It's interesting that I think Bono wrote that song.